comes the bride with a knife that's one inch wide. Where is the groom dead in the dressing room? Stabbed in the heart because death do us part. Hello and welcome to Death Do Us Part. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Laura. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy almost Valentine's Day. Well, that's true, at least for us. When is this coming out? The 8th. Oh, yeah. Happy almost Valentine's Day. (laughs) Happy week before (laughs) Valentine's Day. I guess we could have done this and and sent it out on the 15th, but it's better to do it before. Whatever. The the made-up holiday that is just worthless. That's, uh, the Hallmark ho- the ha- Hallmark holiday that um, forces love upon people. Forces love, expectation, disappointment, sadness, and depression. Thank you, Hallmark. Just like all of your television movies. Yes. Same reaction. Wait, no, is that Hallmark that does the sad television movies? Because I thought Hallmark was all the like... That's Lifetime. Yeah, that's Lifetime. Hallmark is all the Christmas ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to wash my blues away, I'm drinking a homebrew beer out of a giant Oktoberfest mug or beer style. Ooh, I'm, I'm drinking about it. hot chocolate with vodka in it. <laughs> with chocolate in it. If it didn't have the chocolate, I guess it would just be a hot water, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it has some milk in it, so it'd just be some hot milk. Um, well, I hope our patrons are enjoying Valentine's Day more than us. May they find some way to celebrate during the pandemic. Our way of celebrating is going to be boring, but um, of course, Jimmy Fuquay, I hope you have a hot date or a hot virtual date or just get some wine and candy for yourself. <laughs> so yes thank you to our patron you can find him at the jimmy fuquay on instagram you can find us at death do his part podcast.com where i still have not fulfilled my new year's resolution of updating but our instagram at dupcast is fire and that's that's all that really matters yeah you said it all i couldn't have said it better myself that's sad, but true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Valentine's Day is the topic of the day. Yes, the topic is Valentine's. I you you know, have known me for a long time, and I used to be, and I say used to, maybe it's sad, a very romantic person, like a hopeless romantic. I know it was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> And I still like to think I'm a romantic person, but it's just changed over time. Like this year, during COVID, we're we're really not doing anything, at least not much different. We agreed we're not doing gifts because we just bought this house, so we're going to keep it light. And I said, I'll probably still buy you chocolate because we both want to eat chocolate. So why not buy chocolate? We have to buy it the day after, so it's discount chocolate. Well, you can buy it before and then after and... You get a nice Valentine's Day chocolate sandwich, and it's even better. <laughs> we plan to have a meal after the kids go to bed, so we can just probably sit in absolute silence 
and enjoy each other's company without speaking a word, which just sounds fantastic. And you just get to eat your whole meal without stopping 37 times. And you either like, and you can eat at the pace you want. You're not rushing through it or you're not like stopping and pausing and then everything's cold. See? Romance. (laughs) My food's always cold. That's what I want. It's just like hot food. Just a hot meal. It's it's so hot you have to blow on every bite before you eat it. Yes. I don't even know what that is anymore. I haven't burnt the roof of my mouth in ages. (laughs) Silver lining, I guess. I did do something romantic for Kelly the other day. Uh, Actually, just yesterday. She was at her wit's end. And I came down and I could just, after work, and I could just see it on her face that she was done. She was done momming for the day. That was it. She had hit her limit. <laughs> and so it was Friday after a very long week. I told her, just go upstairs, lock the door. I'll make dinner. And I said, it'll probably be overcooked, but that's it's it's still going to be good because at least y- you can take a break. Because <laughs> whenever I cook by myself with the kids, I always overcook something because somebody's got to go to the bathroom, they need help, they spilled, they peed on the floor. Meanwhile, (laughs) the oven's beeping and I'm like, shit, what's more important? If it's a little overdone or if the urine soaks into the flooring? We're going to clean up the urine. That's that's what we're going to do. So that was my romantic gesture ahead of Valentine's Day. Um, And then when I told the kids, go get her, uh, dinner's ready, she didn't come down. And I took that as a sign. So I brought dinner up to her. So she could eat in the bed. <laughs> and I sat downstairs by myself, fed the kids, and got them all cleaned up. And that was my most recent romantic gesture. It's pretty, that's parent romance right there. Yeah, that's parent romance. Parent romance, it's like that. Or like, you know what? You can go in the bathroom for as long as you want, and I won't, I won't let the kids in. Um, I did a romantic gesture like that today, which is I took, um, both of our children on a walk for, uh, like an hour and 45 minutes. I actually do this a lot. Um, we go on like pretty long walks and I take them, uh, and then Nick just gets to be home alone by himself. And what does he do with his time? Well, today he put away laundry and started dinner. Oh, double um, romance. Double romance. We were just romancing it up over here. Um, even though I, I think one of the reasons that I really don't like Valentine's Day is because I think it's like a really like performative gesture of people doing Valentine's Day things. The most like romantic Valentine's Day that I ever had was from like the absolute worst POS awful human being I ever dated. Oh, so, right, like, right. They checked all the boxes, the proper boxes off. Yeah. They're like, well, I did something really nice on Valentine's Day, but now I'm going to gaslight you and just be a horrible person. For the rest of the time, so I, that's that's why I'm jaded, and Valentine's well, Day is ruined for me. But ga- ga- I, we have to have another conversation about this at another time. Gaslighted you? They tried Do you to know make what gaslighting you, they tried is? to make you think you were crazy. Yeah. All right, we're gonna have to talk about that later. <laughs> um, but we'll but save this it year, for another another podcast. Um. Yeah, we could instead of complaining about our current spouses, just complain about our exes. Oh. Now that's There's not a bad idea at all. Four days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this year, Nick and I got a romantic Valentine's Day wall for our backyard. Um, uh, like so a we will, wall, right? Yes, yes, yeah. and with like a flower bed. So we will be getting flowers this yeah, year, this but they will just be heating up in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but instead of like roses 
because those are dangerous as we learned valentine's day last year oh, yeah. um we'll just buy some giant bushes uh no candy though because i have lost like two and a half pounds this week and i'm on a roll so i mm -hmm. don't want you to buy me valentine's day candy and ruin that for me um i did buy a secret box of girl scout cookies and hide it in the freezer for nick though because he definitely already ate all of the ones he had <laughs> that'd so. be a good surprise like, where, where was this you're like it was in plain sight in the freezer dude come on yeah well actually he saw them when they got delivered because the girl scout who delivered them didn't oh. know and just handed them to him but then i told him that they were for Gigi. oh so. there you go good cover yes. nothing nothing speaks romance like lies from the heart Nothing speaks romance like telling your husband his Valentine's Day present is for your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, love each other every day, not just the one day that you're supposed to, you piece of trash human. That's for I the, hate Valentine's that's Day. That's for the gaslighter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, so we both have a similar opinion of Valentine's Day. So let's talk about some valentine's day murders shall we yeah and i was looking and it seems that both of ours happened in the same year so valentine's really? day in 2013 was a gnarly day oh man yeah I, I, you know what i bet valentine's day every year is a gnarly day for like homicide like like uh, crimes of passion Maybe like like other people have expectations of what they're going to do on Valentine's Day and then your spouse doesn't live up to them. So you kill them. Well, there's affairs and cheating and, and True. violence. Um, yeah. I do remember yeah. that. So since my husband um, was like a bartender and like worked in restaurants, he would always say Valentine's Day was the worst day because like everybody tipped really, really badly. Mm -hmm. um, but also like half the people there just looked so miserable like they didn't want to be there but they're dragging themselves out for valentine's day it's like i have to have a date for valentine's day so i'm gonna so settle I'm gonna for do somebody and not have a good time or like the wife forced the husband to take them out on valentine's day they mm -hmm. waited for a table for two and a half hours and now everybody's grumpy and over hungry and they just want to go home and like put some sweatpants on but instead they're wearing their tight pants yep it's not I the like Valentine's it. vibe this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, this year it's all sweats all day. Well, my murder, as you said, happened in 2013 on Valentine's Day, February 14th. It was in the late afternoon um, of the state of Illinois. And this mixes two uh, uh, lovely topics that I have distaste for, which is Valentine's Day and religion. Because minister, uh, minister Nathan Leothold, had called 911 in the afternoon of Valentine's Day. He told authorities there was a break-in at his in-law's home for his wife, Denise, was staying there for a time with her three kids. Um, I'm not sure if they were all staying there. It really didn't say. Um, but they were, they, they, they did travel because he was a missionary, this minister. So they could have just gotten back and didn't have a place. They really didn't say, so I'm speculating. But either way, his wife was there and he called to report a break-in. Um, and the reason he called a reporter break-in was because earlier in that day, um, he got a phone call saying his wife didn't pick up their youngest daughter from daycare, and the family was a little bit worried. And as he drove to go um, home, he got another call that said his daughter still hadn't been picked up. And so he decided instead of going straight to pick her up, to stop by 
his in-law's house, where his wife was, to check on her. And when he got there, he saw that the garage door had been opened up and there was broken glass uh, by some window. And so he called the police immediately. That's already like eight shades of suspicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, already. Already. Like, one, if your wife didn't come pick up your kid, the first thing you do is, like, report a missing persons or, like, call her and see if she answered. Then you'd go pick well, up your kid first before you just start running other errands. <laughs> and that's why his family was worried, because she wasn't answering calls. Oh, got it. So they, they had tried that. And so I think from a narrative standpoint that Nathan, the story Nathan's telling, it could be believable that as he's driving to pick up his daughter from daycare, he's so worried he decides to go check on his wife first. You know, so I could buy that to that point. But when the police arrived, they found Denise dead on the floor. And the strange thing was Nathan never went in to check on her. He just called the police and waited. When, wait. He just called the police and then he just stayed there and he still didn't pick up his daughter and he also didn't go in the house? Yeah, by this point in the article, um, which I think was on like medium.com, I don't know. I found it and it was well told. They forgot about the daughter. The the daughter was completely outside (laughs) (laughs) the the construct of the story. That's like the one thing I'm like, okay, it doesn't make any sense. You'd immediately go pick up your kid first, like thinking daycare, she's like two or three, like I wouldn't just leave my son at daycare for like expended periods of time after they called me and said he was still there. So like your kid's just somewhere forever and you're just hanging out outside of your potentially broken home. Yep. Let's hope for the sake of our own sanity that he had called a friend or family member to go pick his daughter up from daycare. Yeah. Let's just make that assumption. Although Nathan, not great decision maker. (laughs) So maybe he didn't, you know. Uh, Anyway, so as I was saying, the police found her dead on the floor. She had been shot in the head. And uh, amongst everything in the break-in, Nathan noted that his forty caliber Glock handgun was missing, which was the same gun caliber that she was shot with and and killed her. So, I mean, I guess these guys broke in, stole his gun, and shot her in the head, um, threatening person that... Miss Denise Leothold was, you know, I'm sure she was very imposing to these she was people terrifying. who broke in. So it's no surprise that Nathan, the minister, was one of their prime suspects. It was his gun, or the same kind of gun, that killed his wife. And they quickly found some other shady stuff. You mentioned that it was gray. Well, it becomes uh, very, very gray very fast. Because Nathan, the minister... I like to keep saying that, had a mistress on, and he, he met her on one of his mission trips. So Mr. Religion, the minister, met someone <laughs> on his mission trip for God and decided that he liked her enough to have a relationship with her. So he's made Did he go on mission trips like just him? No, that's even better. This was on a mission trip with his family there. So they didn't, like, just send him off to go, like, knock on doors or whatever. Like, his whole family was there and, like... Yeah, no, like, in, in another country. And this this yeah. creepy this creepy motherfucker sponsored the girl he met. Um, and it was spelled two different ways in the article. So maybe I should fact check this, but whatever. It's a good story. <laughs> um, I believe it was Ania um, was the name of the, of, the, of the girl that he met. And he sponsored her to come back as to the States as an exchange student. 
So he basically paid for her to move to the United States to be a student so she could be close to him. And he continued. How old is she? They didn't say how old she was. But if she's a student, she's not old. Yeah, no, not old for sure. She could have been a college student, but no. Still. Not not on his uh, age band um, of acceptability. So after he had moved her uh, to the States, he continued to email her over this time, becoming more and more obsessed. And as this progressed, he would have text message conversations with her, one of which happened recently, or or I should say very near the time that his wife was supposedly murdered, where he talked to his mistress about getting rid of his wife. Yeah, so don't, don't do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, don't don't bring a mistress back from another country and sponsor her in the name of God. Anyway, so that's pretty damning right there. So he had this mistress. He talked about getting rid of his wife. And he also searched for things on his computer like how to silence a forty caliber Glock. So that was his search history, which was, of course, Lovely. the same gun he owned, lost, and she was shot with. But what actually happened, investigators believe, is, what, uh, is that Nathan went to his in-law's house, shot his wife, staged a break-in, and then went about his day as if nothing had happened. Took care to make sure he was actually on cameras. Like he could say where he was and say, well, you know, there's a camera there as his alibi. So he took uh, great care to make sure he uh, could be seen somewhere else. And then he basically just waited to get the call that his daughter wasn't picked up, which is just awful. Like that's. His... Oh my gosh, that's so sad. And then uh, they, they believe all of this was done as a gift to his mistress for Valentine's Day. And that was uh, I was wondering like why like why I picked Valentine's Day, but now it all makes sense. Yeah, the title, the title of the article was something like "I love you, honey. Um, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, I killed my wife for you." Something like that. Yeah. And they actually did suspect that she could have helped stage the break-in as well, but um, it didn't get into her side of it, and it, it didn't seem that they had the evidence to um, accuse Prove her it. of everything. Yeah. So the, the prosecution had no issue building a case against him. Um, he was indeed found guilty. And the judge said, I have to give you credit. You have led a law-abiding life for many years. You did good things, but you have poisoned it all. And he also commented that it was particularly shameful that he took the happy place of his in-law's home where his kids felt safe and killed his wife there. And I always like when judges come out and, and say their piece and speak their mind about how terrible these people are. Now, when it came to the sentencing, the defense said that Nathan had no prior record, which he didn't, and he should get the minimum sentence of 45 years, which was basically a life sentence anyway, because in the state of Illinois, and I didn't know this, uh, it requires their inmates to serve 100% of their prison term for murder, which I don't disagree with that. I was going to say everywhere doesn't do that. No, Actually, I knew, get, I knew everywhere didn't do that. Yeah, but. <laughs> you get the, the chance for probation, right? It might say like 25 to life, meaning you could mm-hmm. get off in 25. You could never get off. It depends on you know what happens. Now, uh, Nathan and Ania, they denied ever having a relationship, even though their emails led the jury to believe otherwise. Uh, but my favorite part and the conclusion of this story was when the defense, so they said all that. They didn't have a relationship, and he was a good guy, no priors, all that stuff. And the judge literally 
said, really? <laughs> like that was his response to their defense uh, to try to give him a shorter sentence. I, like, and, I could just imagine them being like, but he's like a good guy and he didn't even have a relationship with her. And the judge is just holding the emails in his hand being like, really, dude? What the fuck, guys? <laughs> did you even him, try? Yeah. Did you even try in this defense? Do you even lift, bro? <laughs> Anyway, so then the judge went on to say, you will end your life in a cold and gray and isolated Illinois penitentiary where you will be more of a number than a name. You'll be leaving this country. Um, I just had a big typo in my notes, so it doesn't make any sense when I'm reading it. You'll be leaving this country um, uh, to be more of a nobody and less of a somebody. And he Wait, gave him... I where, why is I'm, I'm he leaving sorry. the country? Oh, that's well, that was that was my typo that I read anyway. You'll be leaving this county to become more of a nobody and less of a somebody. Oh, God, okay, man, okay, I just okay, ruined yeah, that, that judge's words. I'm, I just, was just sitting there being like, wait, wait a second, he's leaving Illinois now? No, no, the county. So wherever <laughs> the penitentiary is is outside the county. But um, I just thought it was cool of that judge to be so hard on this guy when they're trying to be like hey, he's a good guy he's a man of god all that stuff and he even said and like this like, isn't a reflection nah, this is not a reflection on the church this is a reflection on you then he sentenced him to 80 years which i believe is the max possible and then he just, just to make a point then he just gavel dropped and walked out yeah, of the yeah. room <laughs> that should be a thing boom <laughs> dropped the gavel wow even though i messed up his quote uh, still props to the judge uh, yeah. who presided over this case. Because a lot of times we see like, oh, they only got 17 years. He was like, no, man, you staged this thing. You went about your day. You are fucked up in the head. Don't commit murder in Illinois. You get 80 years. Um. So my murder actually kind of has more parallels to yours than I even thought. One, it happened mm -hmm. in the same year. Um, but... It's about, um, I don't, you probably don't remember him by name, but Oscar um, Pistorius was a um, former South African professional sprinter. Uh, both of his feet were amputated when he was 11 months old due to a congenital defect. Oh, wow. Um, and he ran in both non-disabled sprint events and in sprint events for um, amputees. He was the 10th athlete to compete at both the Paralympic Games and the Olympic Games. He was in the 2012 oh, wow. cool. Olympics. Um, so I actually remember, like, I'm saying this is cool, but I don't know if he's the murderer yet. I'm going to reserve <laughs> judgment. Um, I, I remember this because he, like, I remember it being a thing in 2012 um, where, like, the IAAF, which is the International Association of Athletes, athletics federations mm -hmm. um they didn't want him to run in the like non-disabled events or um the like regular olympics because they thought his artificial limbs gave him an unfair advantage which what um anyways but he right, like right. had a legal dispute about it and um he was in the ended up being able to be in the 2012 summer olympic games um, and he was the first double leg amputee participant and he had the nickname of Blade Runner because of his like cool bottom of his um, and bottom end of his legs. I'm going to reserve judgment, but that's that's pretty boss. 
So he's super inspirational and seemed all around amazing. So obviously everyone was shocked when on February 14th of 2013, he shot and killed his girlfriend, paralegal and model Reva Steenkamp in his home. I'm glad I reserved judgment. Not cool. <laughs> nope, decidedly. Um, not good. So it it's, gets kind of wild. So he claimed that he'd mistaken Reva for an intruder hiding in the bathroom. Well, hold on. Let's backtrack. His name is... Uh... Pistorius? Is that Yes. There's there's like a childhood rhyme in this. Like Pistorius killed his pretty pampered princess in Pretoria. Uh never mind. And his <laughs> Pretoria home. Yes. Um he so he said that he thought she was an intruder who was hiding in the bathroom. Um the incident happened around four AM. A neighbor heard um the shots and then somebody screaming which was his girlfriend screaming um and there was some original speculation that like reva had come into oscar's house as a valentine's day surprise which went very wrong because he thought that she was an intruder um the police tried to revive reva who was shot in the arm and the head um but they couldn't and she died at the scene um oscar was arrested and charged with murder immediately wow I'm actually um, kind of surprised since he was, I mean, he's just basically a celebrity and he's claiming it was an accident. I'm just surprised they arrested him on the spot, honestly, based on other things I've seen of people in, you know. Well, I mean, they they arrested him and charged him with murder, but then that doesn't mean he like went to jail. It just means like he could have been let out on bail and stuff. But like True. they went to yeah, the house yeah. and he was staying there and he was like, yeah, I shot her. I thought she was an intruder. And they're like, OK, well, murder. Murder right. has happened. Um, so his trial began originally on March 3rd of 2014. Um, and then on May 20th, they paused the proceedings for a while. Um, so Oscar could undergo psychiatric evaluation to establish if he could even be held criminally responsible for shooting Rieva. Um, a forensic psychiatrist testified for the defense that she diagnosed Oscar with a generalized anxiety disorder. So basically, they're like, oh, okay, so let him go under undergo psychiatric evaluation um, to see if he's too anxious and we can't actually put him on trial. Uh, so when they finally resumed, the reports were like, nah, not a thing. Um, he can be held criminally responsible. Yeah, it's not like he was a crazy guy. I mean, he was an accomplished athlete and he's... he's... Yeah, like he, he can't have been like, argue? I just... It just happened. I don't know what happened. And they were like, no. Yeah, it's, that's it's no wonder ridiculous. he had generalized anxiety disorder. He just killed someone. I mean, if he didn't have anxiety um, before, he does now. So he, however, wasn't found guilty of murder. Um, he was found guilty of culpable homicide, um, which is basically killing a person um, with or without intention to kill. Um, but like kind of like more on accident versus like murder, which they is like, you know, or premeditated murder. Um, right, so he right, got yeah. a, and then he also had a, um, firearm related charge of reckless endangerment because he discharged a firearm in a restaurant in like a totally separate case. Oh, oh that's so, something like, else? He's, yeah, like he, he. 
had a couple other charges that were just looped into his murder one. Um, one was discharging a firearm on, in a restaurant. Um, another one was illegally having ammunition. And another one was firing his uh, firearm through the sunroof of a car. So he's a little trigger happy. I would say so, yeah. Um, so he received a prison sentence of a maximum of five years. Um and then a separate uh, three-year prison sentence for the reckless endangerment conviction. So okay. um, that was in October of 2014. In June of 2015, he was recommended for early release as early as August. What? Um, so um, August 2015, 2015, he was supposed to be released. It was um, blocked by South Africa's justice minister um, who said that the parole board's decision for early release was premature. However, all they did was push it back to October 2015. So he basically was in jail for a year. And then he was on house arrest for some period of time. Yes. However, way back on November 4th of 2014, basically immediately after he got his um prison sentence of five years um prosecutors started trying to appeal the culpable, culpable homicide verdict and they felt that the five-year prison term sentence was shockingly light and inappropriate um so they started um appealing that and they um went to court and they brought it all the way up to um like the south africa supreme court Wow. Okay. Um, so basically what they were saying is that it was still murder and that the person that Oscar thought was in his bathroom had nothing to do with the results of his actions. The bathroom was like super tiny and he shot into it four times with a heavy like caliber firearm. Like he knew no matter what he was doing, that he was going to kill that person. He wasn't shooting to, like, disarm them. He wasn't, like, blindly shooting around the room. Like, he shot four times into this tiny little bathroom and was going to kill whoever was in there. It just unfortunately happened to be his girlfriend. So they said it should still be murder. Right, 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 which which I kind of get what they're saying. Um, although I'm not sure, like, what the laws are in South Africa. I mean, California is different, but some states, they have, like, your stand-your-ground law. If someone's like in your house, you have a right to shoot them because you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. But but still, it's like you just turn the corner in the bathroom and just unload four rounds just willy-nilly without any information. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with it. Yep. So um, on July 6th of 2016 – um, they changed his sentence. He was sentenced to six years of imprisonment for murder rather than the original sentencing of five years for culpable homicide. Mm -hmm. um, so then once again, he was, which he only served one of, by the way. Um, so once again, he was uh, sent back to jail. Um, they thought that he would be eligible for release on parole after serving finally three years of his sentence this time, which would have been in 2019. Um but however, he, um, oh, so then they basically, um, the National Prosecuting Authority, 
um, mm -hmm. of South Africa, um, said that they would continue to appeal and would also appeal against this shockingly lenient six-year jail sentence. They had another hearing in 2016 um, and then ended up getting a 13-year sentence for him. So his sentence was again extended, mm -hmm. and basically he won't be able to get out on parole now until at least 2023. Especially every time he's like, eh, almost up for parole, they're like, nah, more time. Yes. <laughs> and basically it, it almost seems like they feel like he got a light sense maybe because he was basically a celebrity. And they were like, yeah, oh, yeah. well, you're not a danger to arrest society. You just, you know, shot your girlfriend four times. So like five years is fine. And they're all sitting there like, dude, if anybody else did this, it wouldn't be five years. So, um, yeah, they kept pushing it and pushing it. And he he was out of jail for um a little over he was in jail for a year out for a little over a year and then is now back in jail hmm. that is fascinating yeah yeah reminds me of, like a little bit of oj simpson where like he obviously did it right but that's besides the point um and then he goes on this this long chase and yes he's considering killing himself and all this stuff and then they come back and like okay yeah you know what you didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. They, they, they they screwed up his, his case a lot. And that's kind of the reason why he got off. But that's what it reminds me of. Where it's like, oh, well, you yeah, know. Yeah, it more seems he's, like. He's a super celebrity athlete. I mean, no, no, of course he didn't. So, that... so this is what could have happened to him if they hadn't screwed up his case. Is he could have. Yeah, basically, they, Yeah. So 2023 is when he'll actually be eligible. Isn't that crazy? They were going to just let him out after a year. And now they're like, wait, JK, 2023. Which, it, that is side crazy, note, though. Just that, is only in two years. Like, I'm saying yeah, it like it's super far away. It's in two years. But still, way hey man, different than 2015. If he, if he had done this in Illinois, I'm just saying, 80 years, bam, hit that judge. <laughs> done. <laughs> Oh well, that that is pretty crazy, especially the back and forth and all the different cases and the yeah, the back and forth is wild. The fact that he was in the 2012 Olympics is wild. Like it's tripping me out because I remember him being in the 2020 Olympics, and then I remember hearing about like the fact that he had shot his girlfriend, but then I never looked into it or anything, so I had no idea that he was like in and out of jail and all the crazy stuff that happened. Yeah, that is. Good find on that Valentine's murder. So what I learned is um, don't try and surprise your significant other in the middle of the night with a cute Valentine's Day surprise. That's probably, just don't, yeah. Valentine's Day is not worth it. <laughs> I was almost just going to say Valentine's risk. Day is stupid, but I mean, it is. It's stupid. But you could use a Valentine's Day gift for murder. Which is what my hypothetical is. So last year I, I used rose thorns and putting bacteria on them and, and whatnot. But I think my idea this year for Valentine's Day is actually more feasible. So my, my thought, I was thinking, what, what's like a common Valentine's gift, which would be jewelry? And that's probably the most common one for a guy to give a girl. And I was like, well, how could jewelry be deadly? A necklace could choke someone, an earring could poke someone. And I was like, hmm, what if you had... 
And Erin could poke someone, like super damaging. Poke, poke, poke. Take a long time. But I decided I to go with the earring because I was looking up um, contact drugs, like drugs that get into your bloodstream just by touching your skin, which there's, you know, there's all sorts of painkillers like fentanyl. They have methadone and morphine patches. They even have heroin patches now. Just contact mm-hmm. heroin patches. You don't want to shoot up that needle? Don't worry. Flap, put a patch on you, and then you go drive with a under under the influence. So aren't those patches supposed to be for like people who are trying to get off heroin? Oh, I'm sure, like, but you know they're misused. Oh like, yeah, heavily. yeah. So I, I was thinking heroin would be the most lethal for someone who doesn't do drugs, and my thought was to get a really nice pair of earrings, so nice such that you wouldn't want to just put it on your dresser or put it on the earring rack, but you'd want to put it back in the box to keep it safe. You know, because kids are crazy and they'll eat your jewelry and poop it out later. <laughs> that one hasn't happened to us yet, but give it time. I was thinking, I was like, what kind of, like, I wouldn't put it in the box because then the box would probably get knocked off the counter by one of my cats and then it would be on the floor and then my kids would definitely eat them. <laughs> well, you got cat issues, but. Yeah, that's true. So this is why you're not murdering me, because my cats would save my life. Your cats would save your life. They're looking out for you, your guardians. Anyway, so when you, uh, when when she would put the earrings back in the box, each time it would put that contact drug on um, the earring pin. What the fuck's that thing called? <laughs> the rod that goes through your the ear? Post. The, it's post. the post. It's the post. The post. The rod. Ugh. Uh, I hate that word. You hate the word rod? Yeah. It's just a long piece of metal, typically. No, I don't like it. I don't like that word. Why why don't okay well? I don't know. It just it just literally physically made me cringe when you said it. (laughs) That's like I don't like the word slaughter. I don't know why, but anytime I hear someone say that word. Slaughter. Yeah, because people use it out of context. You want to know why? It's because it rhymes with daughter. You know what? That that very well could be the subconscious reason I don't like that it's word. Like, it's like too close to that other word. So then you're just like, oh, and it gives you bad, bad feelings. That's it. You, 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 nailed, you nailed it. So if you put it back in the box, the post, <laughs> the post gets the contact drug. So every time she puts it in, she's getting like a microdose of whatever you have on the post which I would have it be heroin. And then over time, it wouldn't kill her, but she would have a, a buildup of heroin in her system. That way, on Valentine's Day, the following year maybe, when I give her uh, an overdose through your traditional means of heroin, which would be through um, a shot, then when they do the toxicology report, they'd be like, oh, well, she's been on heroin for quite some time. I'd be like, What? I've never seen her do that. That is insane. She doesn't then even have, have any track explain, marks. That's what I was going to say. Then you'd have to explain the lack of track marks. But she could be one of those people who injects it underneath her fingernails so you can't tell. Something like that. So, yeah, the gift would be the cover-up to yes, the final morbid act in my hypothetical Valentine's Day murder. I thought this one out. I did. Yeah. I mean, I thought mine out too. So last year I did ricin stuffed animal. That's right. <laughs> um, 
brings joy to my heart. Um, so this year wasn't so much a gift, but um, one of the things that people do that really, you know, gets a romantic he sets the mood is they light a bunch of candles. Um, however, candles are super deadly. Um, house fires can be super deadly. And uh, there was actually people started getting like really into like essentially oil candles and like mm. aromatherapy and stuff in 2015. And there was like a 15% increase in house fires because of Holy these crazy crap. people who were like burning candles and then just like leaving them burning places. That's crazy. Um, so my hypothetical murder was that I was going to say we were going to like light a bunch of candles to like, you know, set the mood or whatever. And then we'll just watch Netflix. Um, but leave <laughs> all of these candles, all of our, over our room lit up. Um, and then once Nicholas fell asleep, um, what I would do is pretend that the baby cried or probably more likely the baby would actually cry um and i would in my haste to get up and run to my darling child um i would knock over some of the can candles that i placed in like terrible places like we have a footboard i'd like line the stupid footboard with can candles <laughs> like just dumb shit that like you know you shouldn't even do but that's like um, the epitome of romance right you fill the room with candles exactly people, and i actually like read i actually read a story they were talking about like um this increase of um deaths by candle related fires in new york and this girl had lit a bunch of candles and put them like at the end of her bed and then fell asleep and um she must have like tossed or turned in her sleep and that caused some of her like blankets yeah. to fall onto the candles which started a fire so i'd line the footboard and stuff with them and then when i went to go run and get our baby um i would run out of the room i'd knock a bunch of candles over i'd shut the door behind me which then keeps the fire contained mm -hmm. into that room as much as possible um go get the baby realize there was a fire go get my other baby we would run downstairs and outside and call the fire department but it would be too late because the whole entire room was full of romantic candles and they basically just immediately exploded everything but you know the smell of those really fantastic candles that you bought would at least cover up the smell just a little bit. That wow, too, yeah. too much? <laughs> Is that <laughs> well, too dark? My, Did I take my, it too in, far? In my mental plan... I hadn't bought a bunch of smelly candles. I bought, you know, like, you know, like the candles that you always see, um, they're like really like tall. Like I bought, I bought a bunch of white oh, yeah. pillar yeah, candles yeah. at like different heights that were like floating around, like the ones that float in bathtubs, but then like tall ones just stand at the end. So in my mind, they didn't smell like anything. <laughs> your... So when you said that, I was like, what? They don't smell. And then I realized I didn't say that. So how would you know? Well, you had mentioned the increase in fires because of those aromatherapy essential right. oils. So yeah, in my yeah. head, this room stunk <laughs> like Bed Bath & Beyond times 10. No, I wasn't. I wasn't going to go out and spend money on aromatherapy just to kill someone. I was just going to buy your like <laughs> dollar store candles. That's uh, that's funny. The nope, it'll sink so, to yeah. high heaven. Um, yeah, so you know, just set the mood and get her done. It also made me rethink any TV show or movie I've seen where they like put candles everywhere. Like, what are you thinking? You obviously don't live in California. You're about to burn the whole state down. 
Yeah, and I wonder if it's like a bad advertisement because the media is really what dictates what romance is, right? You watch these romantic I comedies. I know, and, and they're like, telling oh, you to so fill a room with candles. And you're like, but. Except for The is- Office, which did it, and then it triggered the fire alarm, right? Yes. They did it in a responsible way. Basically saying, yes. this is kind of stupid. But don't worry, we got you, Michael Scott. But yeah, the whole, I mean, my whole thing is if you fill the whole entire room with candles enough, that room itself would burn fast enough that like, even if our smoke alarms went off, which they would, um, and I immediately called the fire department, which I would, um, it would be too late for that room and the person who was in the bed that literally all the candles fell on. Also, could you imagine if you had a bunch of candles everywhere and then just like a poorly timed earthquake happened? Man, that'd be that'd be really bad. I'm never lighting a candle again. I've ruined candles for myself this week. They're dangerous. They're really dangerous. And like when people put candles in the back of the toilet. Oh yeah, it's like we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah, how I used have. to like burn stuff yeah. in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Py- little little like eight year old pyromaniac Laura used to love to burn toilet paper in back of toilet candles. Uh, I, I I had not forgotten about that. As soon as I said that, I was I was more thinking about like someone's hair. You know, going behind yeah. them when they sit in the toilet and catching on fire. But no. Yep. No, the That's real right. problem is just me. <laughs> children. Children are the real problem. They are. Yeah, I would never light a candle in this house with my children. You ever playing with, the, with that UFO? Remember the UFO thing? That's like oh, motion yeah, sensor yeah. today. <laughs> and I'm just like, nothing is safe in my house right now. <laughs> Anything could break at any moment. That's why I had to get a bookcase that had like cabinet doors. So I could just close them. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Well, that's a good one. That's a, well, that's a, that's a, what I say at the beginning, jokingly, about your retaining wall, things are, things are really heating up on this podcast. I had to prove you right. You I did. just had to prove you right. Um, yeah. So I hope everyone has a good pre Valentine's Day week. And just remember that, um, while marriage is messy, murder is messier. And just love yourself and don't worry about it, anybody else, and you'll be fine.